Welcome to the Nerd Out Loud podcast, where we talk about the things that you nerd out about, and we nerd out about, and everybody nerds out about. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Christy. And today, we have a guest-filled episode. Guest-filled episode. A guest-filled episode. An episode guest, with a guest. Our episode is filled with guestiness. <laughs> <laughs> is there some kind of cream that you can get for that? Uh, probably, <laughs> probably. But um, she is not quite with us yet. She is soon to be friend of the show, Andrea. And uh, she's going to share a little bit with us today about uh, her experience as a rape survivor and kind of what her story and how that has affected her and what she's up to today. So... That'll it should be interesting. Be, it should be interesting. I've followed her on Twitter since I met her with you. Yeah, I was a while ago, but I've never actually heard her story. I've seen she tweets about it all the time, but I've never actually heard her story. So I'm excited. Yeah, I think it should be. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, but how that are you? That also actually kind of sounds weird to say that I'm excited to hear her story, right? Yeah, well, it's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting story, as I'm sure Kay. we'll hear. But um. How is your day going? How's well, your day? How has your week been? Well, How many more job? Um, are you still jobless, first of all? Yes. So yes. today was my first official day on unemployment. Congratulations. Thanks. How does that make you feel? Shitty, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and you, I think I saw a tweet from you earlier today that you... Have only gotten three rejection notices only today. Only three today. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I will not be working with lasers. No lasers. Oh, no. You didn't get the laser job? No lasers. Oh. <laughs> I'm heartbroken. I know you're really sad about it. I, I still haven't applied for the mining. Yeah. The asteroid mining. Yeah, I yeah. have to apply for that one. Oh, man. Oh. Well, did they say why you didn't get the laser job? Um. After careful know? review, uh-huh. I should read some of these. <laughs> I am keeping them all, which is probably bad. <laughs> um, let's see. They probably knew that you would be too weird. <laughs> <laughs> we heard that your boyfriend is <laughs> really into lasers. and This one is pretty cut and dry. Uh, thank you for the time and effort you spent interviewing with, should I say the name? Sure. Lockheed Martin. Laser Corporation, not really laser. Unfortunately, we will not be extending an offer to you at this time. Your resume be, will be retained in our database for one year. In addition, we encourage you to periodically review the company website and apply for positions has, that match your background. Has any? They always tell you to do that. Did you? Did you? Okay. They always tell you to. They always tell you to uh, keep looking. No, they'll t- they tell you that you're going to that they're going to keep your resume on file. Has anybody ever gotten a job from a place that they turned their resume into and got turned down? And we kept your resume on file, and, and it just turns out you. eight months later, <laughs> yeah, we that remembered. If that's happened to anyone, I'd like to hear. Yeah, I like to hear. Um, I have some pretty bad ones. Let's see. Um. Dear Christy, You're we regret to inform you that your podcast is too bad for us to yeah. hire you. Your application <laughs> has made it through several stav- stages of review and into the hands of the hiring manager. But after careful consideration, the manager opted to move forward without you. Ouch. Ouch. That's AT&T Wireless. So you're saving them all, really? Yeah. Is this so you can go back and like... <laughs> Mostly because now that I'm actually officially on unemployment, you have to keep detailed track of it oh. and because i'm crazy i've kept a a log of everything that i've applied for yeah your employment spreadsheet of yes. mystery wow well i'm sorry that you still don't have a job i start my new job <laughs> <laughs> i start my new job the day after tomorrow so that'll be fun and exciting but uh but yeah let's i do have a phone interview tomorrow oh good and then an in-person interview next week good well hopefully um Hopefully, by the next time we record, we'll have some good news for you guys. Okay. Well, yeah. but let's um, let's go ahead and jump into the interview, and uh, we will come back afterwards. I don't want to do that. And check in. No, you don't want to do that? Shouldn't we talk about Hobby Lobby here? Or Let's talk about Hobby Lobby after the interview. Fine. Okay. 
Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. We are here joined by Andrea. I just asked Andrea. you. I literally just asked you how to <laughs> pronounce your name. Andrea. Yes. Andrea. Hello, Andrea. Hello. Hi. Um, Do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Oh, yes, please. It's <laughs> at Hip Hippie. Um, H-I-P-H-I-P-P-I-E. Yes. We'll put uh, we'll put it in the show notes for everybody to find. Ooh. But so I'm trying to remember, how did we uh, how did we meet you? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, that is a really good question. Um... It's probably on Twitter, right? It was definitely on Twitter. <laughs> I'm trying to think if it was through the um, your past employer or if it was through an actual real person. And I actually have no idea. Who knows? Because it's a mystery. I remember when we, when you, me, and Courtney all came to the frog box that helped him with the frog box run. That was right. the first time he had met you in person. Right. But we had been talking for a while. Yeah. So we must have been connected through someone else. We're going to have to do some digging on this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll have to figure it out. Yeah. I'll have to look. Um, but you had a boyfriend at the time, so I he did. wasn't trying to scam on you. Right. You're one of the only <laughs> girls on Twitter <laughs> that he wasn't trying to <laughs> scam on. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> did you actually have a boyfriend at the time? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we just talked about on the last episode how. His Twitter girls. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have Twitter, Twitter ladies? He did. I used to, the yeah. Tw- yeah. I used tw- to. I scared them all off now. <laughs> or Christy well. scared them all off, maybe. What, me? <laughs> she says that so innocently. What, me? Mm. <laughs> no, she didn't. Actually. Well, I wouldn't say scared off because some still try to contact you. They just yeah, find yeah. different modes of... Of when you've blocked them all, they just find different modes. Yeah. Well, you had to block them. That is some yeah. serious. Right. It was my yeah. fault. Crazy bitches be crazy. Fault. I mean, seriously. Well, and then you add Twitter, and right. you know, Twitter bitches be yeah. crazy. <laughs> it was my fault. I I kind of created the situation where they went to see. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Jesus, that's not what we're here to talk about oh, this okay. time. We kind of covered that last on the last episode, actually. But uh, um, so Andrea, Andrea. <laughs> Andrea, um, one of the reasons we had wanted to have you on the show is um, because you you tweet about you tweet about rape a lot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. Well, and that's that's one of the reasons why you took to Twitter because it was kind of therapeutic for you. Is that correct? Right. And my case is very different because by the time um, that I was going through. Um, right after being raped, I was already connected to Twitter. So in if you look at my follower numbers now, they really haven't grown that much since then. So my community was already built in. So that's kind of why I made that choice. Um, a lot of people scrutinized it because I did uh, tweet about... Um, I tweeted his description and stuff like that in hopes that someone in the area would find him. Um, and the result was just a lot of support from people that I really needed support from at the time. So that was wonderful to have... Um, a direct connection to all of your friends at once. You know, it's not really something you pick up the phone and text someone about like, hey, so I'm going through this thing. (laughs) But with Twitter, I was able to reach everyone and um, everyone from sorority girls to people I knew in Tampa to people back home were able to just reach out and send their support, which got me through some really rough times. So that's kind of why I chose to take that general path with it and so you were you were already on twitter like you said and if i remember right you had like a bus right and yeah you were... his name was wayne um his twitter <laughs> handle is still live wayne the bus oh. um yeah so i had just finished um renovating him two weeks before um and i can send you guys pictures but he when you say you live on a bus people think that you're a little nutso um but we had and and my my dad and his wife came down to help me uh for my birthday which was two weeks before and we had renovated the inside so that it had everything from really nice hardwood floors to everything was painted really well and done really well so it looked better than my apartment looks now (laughs) (laughs) um it just it just was encased in a very funky exterior i guess yeah and you were planning on taking it on a road trip yeah i wanted to live in it for a while um it was it cut down on my expenses significantly and my plan was to do a youtube channel about living in a bus and then yeah sorry no nope go uh and this was over on the east coast yeah you were in florida at the time yep i was in tampa um tampa ebor area yeah but you were you were like you grew up here yes i'm from here um which is one of the reasons uh, my dad really wanted me to come home after everything Mm -hmm. which is as a someone who is a father probably a little understandable (laughs) you know he he was supportive the whole time but then at a certain point he said you need to come home and i said (laughs) (laughs) and so uh so you were living on this bus 
and then somebody broke in or what? Yeah. So I um, actually it was the the um, the summers in Florida are literally hell. And it was even early May was really hot. So I'd stayed at a friend's house who had AC the night before. Um, and then I came back that morning at 730. And you know when you get back to your house after spending the night at someone else's or whatever and you think, oh, my God, I just want five more minutes. Mm-hmm. So that was my, oh, my God, I just want five more minutes. So I laid down and they made a big deal of it in court, you know. Why did you come home and lay down? They were trying to allude the, to the fact that I'd been sleeping with someone at this other house, that I was this, you know, person who slept around all the time when I was just really, no, <laughs> I slept on the couch. Mm-hmm. It's hot as balls out here. So I came back to the bus and I had um, fallen asleep or laid down for a couple minutes. And um, this man broke in the front door. Um, he kicked it in or... Yeah, they. I, I want to say they found a footprint, but no fingerprints on the door. Um, and so it, it had one of those bus latch things. So they kind of mm-hmm. tried to make it seem like, did you lock the door? Did you not lock the door? What it, what happened? Um, so he came on the bus, and my reaction was. First of all, he's between me and the door. So there's a back door, which is an option, but not a great option. Mm -hmm. So my thought process was if I confront him as fast and quickly as possible and make myself as big and as loud as possible, he'll leave. He's Mm -hmm. probably, I mean, I had had people accidentally open the door before drunk. It was kind (laughs) of similar to a Capitol Hill area where Uh there, there were a lot of people around all the time. And so I just thought, you know, maybe he thought that this was something else. And so I approached him and he started yelling at me and then just as I mean so quick is how this happens is he managed to flip me around put me in a chokehold and force me onto the ground um and so for and I don't know how long it was I tried to grab him by the face and I tried to use what leverage I could to hold myself up um it didn't work. He's a very, he was 6'2", pretty strong. I mean, he's a dude. I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we, a lot of times we think we have a chance, but right. the fact <laughs> is no matter how much lifting you do, guys have 33% more muscle mass to deal with. Um, so at that point in time, I was ready to pass out. And that's actually where a lot of the PTSD comes from. It was less from the rape and more from the fact that, you know, I was dealing with, um, you kind of deal with death being thrust in your face very suddenly. Mm-hmm. And I was not expecting that. Um and so after he pretty, he, he was ready to kill me and I knew that. So after I got away, he kind of, I, I flipped over on my back and I started to back away from him and he basically just said, open your legs. And I said, fuck. <laughs> um, so my thought process was, and, and this is where I think prevention is less important. And because they always talk about prevention, you know, carry your keys in your hand. At that point, you're mm-hmm. screwed. Right. Um, so what you want, what, what I would encourage people to think about is if you are in this situation, how can you get out of it? Mm -hmm. Um, so my thought process was instantly, I have to outsmart him. Mm -hmm. I have to win this battle. And that's my only advantage right now. It's not going to be strength. Um, and so I convinced him that, um, if I was on top, it would be better because that was my, if he's on top of me, I'm not getting to the door and he will kill me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had to get him on his back and I, he basically forced himself on me and, you know, a few seconds into it or however long into it, you know, you don't really keep track. Right. Yeah. Um, I managed to get out the door, which was very lucky because I could hear him lunging for me and I had to clear about, I don't know, three bookshelves that we had managed to that he had managed to knock over. Yeah. And then I got out and um, ran to block to to actually a nurse who was in a parking lot who helped me out. Wow. And uh, what what happened after that? I mean, you've ta- you talked a little bit earlier, I think, about um, tweeting out his description and stuff yep. like that. So they d- did they not catch him right away or? No, because the cops were eating breakfast and they didn't want down their breakfast. Fantastic. Yeah. How did you find Because it was 7.30 in the morning. Okay. They were two blocks away and it took them 15 minutes to show up. As far as I am aware. I've never looked at the actual document. So I try not to talk too much about those facts because they're not solid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know I was in a traumatic state and I could Mm -hmm. exaggerate it. But I spent a significant time with my friends before they got there. And the attitude that I got from them was, oh, well, it was 7.30 in the morning. We thought it happened last night and you were just reporting it now. That's no yeah. excuse. Yeah. So they spent, we had to spend a month looking for him. I looked at three sets of mugshots. Um, and the other thing that they do that day, which a lot of people don't realize, is you have an eight hour day ahead of you. So after 7.30, I spent 
oh, I don't know, three hours in the precinct. Um, we looked at mugshots. They stick you in this really fun room that you kind of get used to that's covered in teddy bears and coloring books and kids' stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and one thing a, a couple of me and my friends have talked about is they don't treat you like a kid because you're an adult, but you are a kid at that point. You're scared right. and you're alone and mm-hmm. they, they treat kids like kids, but they forget that women going through this, we kind of feel like kids. And so that extra step is just nice to mm-hmm. be taken care of a little bit or, you know, what do you need? And so after all of that time, um, we ran back and forth a few places. We went to the, um, the crisis center which actually spoke out against me afterwards, which was wonderful. Um, They kind of said, we don't think you should have gone on Twitter. It's irresponsible. It's not okay. And I said, you need to accept that this is how I'm dealing with it. And I'm getting my support. And the people you were given to support me have no idea what I went through. They're not my friends. And frankly, they were kind of rude. So why would I want to talk to them? Mm -hmm. I I would much rather be connected with people I'd already been connected with. Um, And then they take you and you do a composite sketch, which... I always laugh when they do sketches in, you know, SVU or whatever, because they are not sketches anymore. They're a computer program. Uh And you basically pick out, okay, so how does his eyes look? Are they rounder? Are they smaller? And then they put together this Frankenstein of kind of, you know, what it might kind of look like. And they always look super terrifying and creepy (laughs) and weird, too. And... But the thing is, is, you know, it's it's hard. The mug shots, he had made himself look different in the mug shots. So it was really hard to pick him out. You know, I narrowed it down to two of them, but I never clearly, you know, pick him. Mm-hmm. Um, they hold their heads differently. They shave their facial hair. They say, OK, look at this mug shot, but imagine his hair different or imagine this, you know, after this was four o'clock in the afternoon by now i hadn't you know they had yeah. so he had offended before yeah he he was an 11 time felon this was number for, 12 for rape or all different no things. he was uh crack cocaine okay so he had been on the streets why, um, for a while if he had been convicted of a felony 11 times why was he why was he out yeah. i don't know okay um because i yeah they i mean that's a, that's the problem too is they're just waiting for people to escalate that's what they do they can't you know i'm sorry but if you're an 11 time felon you shouldn't be on the street for any reason mm-hmm. um even if they are crack cocaine or mm-hmm. whatever i i just don't think that you should be a member of society at that point you've lost your privileges yeah um and it's unfair that women like me have to sit around and wait for them to figure it out yeah so and then you have to do the medical testing which is a right in itself did you do that on the same day you have to within a certain amount of hours and um and then you have to go back six months later for hiv testing again Mm -hmm. um and uh they don't really offer a lot of std they don't give you the full range they give you three they test for three jesus christ that's weird so you had to go to your own personal doctor yeah yep Mm -hmm. or get your blood drawn i mean Right. They'll let you know that way, which is what it's, I mean, that's horrible. And I didn't do it. But if you're I mean, the other thing that, that is interesting is I had a lot of financial backing from my family who just said, we're just going to take care of you without that. I would I would not be OK. And those are the people I'm concerned about, the people who have to wake up the next morning and go to work mm-hmm. and have to, you know, go through what a lot of people deal with at work on a daily basis that you might not think of. But if that woman has just been raped, um, you touching her, being around her, making comments, all that stuff is going to devastate her. And I cannot imagine that if you work at McDonald's <laughs> yeah, and that's your thing, that, that that doesn't happen on the floor. I mean, that's just possible. Yeah. Yeah. So how how long ago was this? This was three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Okay. And then how, so how long did it take for them to catch the... It took him a month um, mm-hmm. to put him in prison, and then we went to trial. Um, it took him a year. Um, so the trial was in January. And you had to um, go back there because you were I had to go back there, and they do fly you back there. Um, That's nice of them. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and actually, my detectives on the case were absolutely phenomenal. They were the ones that really did a great job, um, mm-hmm. and, and they were really really wonderful but the the regular officer turned about um yeah so they do they fly you back there and then uh we did a trial which taught me a lot about victims rights (laughs) which are non-existent really yeah um so when you go to trial 
I um, I took my teddy bear and I wasn't allowed to have him out. Um, I wasn't allowed to have my coloring books. I wasn't allowed to do anything. Um, and those were all those were things that you had used to kind of help. Yeah. So Teddy goes with me everywhere. Um, still. Still. <laughs> um, and you could have brought him in. <laughs> I know. Um, and coloring books are awesome in courtrooms because uh, you can't have any electronic devices. Mm-hmm. Um, friends that other friends that have gone to trial who actually sat in on their trial used a lot of coloring um stress balls silly putty that stuff is great distractions yep and i and i did that a lot when i was on the stand like Mm -hmm. you got to hold on to something um so you weren't allowed to bring any of that stuff into the courtroom i wasn't allowed to have it out when i went i was not allowed to sit in on the courtroom they put me on trial basically without me being allowed to be there wow Um, is that normal because it's uh grounds for a mistrial if i cry Oh. or show emotion i see so even when they deliver the verdict they told me don't react mm-hmm. i mean yeah, really react. is that something i mean is that would you have wanted to have sat in on the trial or would you have at least wanted to have that i option? don't think it's okay that they have more rights than we do mm-hmm. that really makes me upset um is it if the I don't perpetrator i guess is the name if if he cries is that grounds for mistrial no uh i mean no okay um so what happens is um with rape cases i don't have a lawyer Mm -hmm. um i um not even really the prosecutor the prosecutor is the state Mm -hmm. uh so the state of florida versus uh, whatever sure i worked really hard to keep his name out of my head i don't want it i don't know him Mm -hmm. i don't he doesn't deserve one Mm -hmm. um and so um, it was state versus him, and he gets a lawyer, state-appointed lawyer, and if he chooses, I actually think that someone paid for him to have a lawyer. Jesus. Um, yeah, there were there were two women there. Um, yeah, and that's probably not something I should talk about. Um, but I'm guessing that that is my guess. Um, and then I have a state-appointed lawyer who um, I saw their case load for the day was 11 other cases for the day. Um, How long did the trial last? Trial lasted, oh, I think we did two days. They're not, they're not. So what happens is basically you, I, I, I got to meet with my lawyer the first the day before we went to trial around eight o'clock at night because that was his only free time uh we went in and he he kind of briefs you on what's going to happen and tells you the questions he's going to ask and probably what the um the prosecutor is going to ask um one of the interesting things they talk about is what you wear because he said you would be surprised women come in wearing things like looking as though they're going to the club (laughs) um again education Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. letting them know um, obviously I was prepared. I had a friend who had already been through an extensive trial, so mm-hmm. I was a little bit prepared and she had kind of coached me a little bit on, it's okay to say things, you know, when they say, uh, what is, you know, they try and lead you in a direction. You can just say, I don't understand what you're asking me. Mm-hmm. You know, not being afraid to say, can you repeat the question? Yeah. I don't understand what you're asking me instead of panicking and answering. Yeah. Um, they tried to kind of catch me in a lot of things and, I just wasn't going to have it um, yeah. because of that. But And then what was the, did you have something? Sorry. Were you, was he, did you, did they do your, sorry, questioning <laughs> on tape? Like were, or were you in the courtroom with him? Like, did you have to see him? Yeah, no, I have to see him and oh. I had to identify him as well. Um, okay. Which like stand up and say, is he yeah, here? It, they said, yeah, the, do you recognize, okay. is he here? And then you point him out. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of actually true to TV <laughs> situations. Uh-huh. Yeah, they do have you point him out i can't even imagine I'd, yeah so what was the um after the trial i mean what ended up happening with him um so he is convicted mm-hmm. um because it's his 12th felony he probably doesn't have a great shot of getting out on parole <laughs> 12th and strike and you're out I know. as they always say um and i i believe it's life um I didn't get to be involved in a lot of that stuff. They Mm. actually switched my lawyer on me about a month before the trial and never informed me. Fantastic. Right. (laughs) Win. (laughs) Um, So we didn't have a lot of contact and I wasn't really aware. The the dicey piece of my case was that um, it was a dwelling, but because the jury has a hard time, you know, bus dwelling, Mm -hmm. they did it in a vehicle instead. So they kind of switched that. So it was, it was, um, you know. is it lesser of does, a crime? Does that make it like less? Um, yeah. 
No. Okay. I think it was about the same, and okay. that's why they switched it. Just they also, to... and I should have looked up the details before I came here. Um, oh, <laughs> I believe that he was given more it was 15 years for rape and life for the assault so what that doesn't make that's <laughs> one of the things that okay um there no. are a lot of moments like that when you go through this process mm -hmm. is well that doesn't make any it's sense it's like you're getting assaulted again like over yeah. and over again yeah yeah so you had and what prior to your rape you had um you had kind of developed a community on social media already right because you were Correct. gonna have this youtube channel for your trip across the country right and but i was involved in a lot of the stuff down there that is tech community oriented um i mean i was social media stuff i was working um uh, for social media at that point in time i was doing you know i was working for a company doing mm -hmm. social media full-time um you know meetups startup yeah. all that stuff i was involved in a lot of my friends were organizers for that stuff so mm -hmm. i was by default i'll volunteer i'll be there you know that kind of stuff so i was very ingrained in a pretty small tech community that's grown extensively since then but yeah yeah and so then after your after you were assaulted and raped um did you kind of turn to that community for support then um a lot of them offered support um i felt pretty and sometimes a tweet is what really kept me going you know just that kind of connection with people um yeah, I didn't reach out for a lot of help. I relied on basically three people to kind of get me through. Um, I lived in um, different people's houses for about a month, mm -hmm. um, which was really taxing, I think, on my friends. Um, I was not a functioning person. I mean, yeah. you just aren't. Yeah. And so uh, at that point, I, I was probably so traumatized that I wasn't I mean, you know, when you have a friend stay over and they're helpful around the house, I was not helpful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was not, you know, I was not giving of my time or any of that stuff. So I think it was a really wonderful thing that they they did help me out. But I can mm -hmm. completely understand why, you know, after two weeks, if you're a normal person living a very busy life to, to say, all right, I can't help you anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of when I decided to go home. I was looking for apartments and trying to find spots down there and doing it all by myself. And then if you throw in into the fact that I can't go anywhere by myself, yeah. that also becomes this huge burden on other people. And what about holding down a job at the time? Oh my God, never. No, it was it would have been impossible. Um, that day actually was supposed to be my review for this company. So we would decide what to do moving forward. So, I mean, I wasn't even able to really professionally, I never cleaned out my desk from that job. Like I just never went back. Mm -hmm. hmm. And I talked to the person once and they kind of gave me some easy work to get money. But other than that, I just wasn't working. It, it would have been impossible. And yeah. then you didn't want to go back to the bus, obviously. I mean, I really wanted to. Um, the other thing is they don't clean up afterwards. Yeah. So the, there's fingerprint dust everywhere. And that, that stuff seriously? is annoying. Shit is annoying. And you can't yeah. get it off. You can't get yeah. it out. You can't get it off. Um, a lot of my stuff was broken. Seems like a very... I and they're know. not okay. very careful when they're doing it either. Yeah, and I didn't have much stuff Um in that was out but yeah they kind of just leave it so when you show back up um i mean everything was exactly the same like his footprint was on the ground his uh you know all the stuff was everywhere wow you gotta put your house back together yeah and so then you you moved you moved back out here yes. to the west coast and um what happened like I seem to remember a while ago, did you sell the bus? Or? Yeah, I did. Um, I actually sold him for about half of what he was worth. Um, and in my mind, and everyone always, you know, bus communities are kind of interesting. People think it's you build it for you, uh -huh. and they don't really have a lot of value to anyone else. And unfortunately, I hadn't had time to put a kitchen in, so there was no value there. And a lot mm. of the work I could have done myself didn't get done, so it j just wasn't valuable. And I was spending. Um, I had had friends that that was really important. They I had a lot of friends move the bus, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is a feat to get behind a 37 foot <laughs> 1971 <laughs> school bus and drive it for, you know, 150 miles or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it got moved a few times um, and then it ended up at a storage unit. And actually, when I went back down for the trial, the plan was to drive it across. But the mechanic that looked at it said Not gonna it, make won't make it. It. it won't make it. Yeah. And uh, it, it would make it if it was warm, but it had been cold that year. So. 
it yeah. wouldn't make it. So we said, not worth dying over. Mm-hmm. Sell the bus, <laughs> you know, incur the cost, you know, empty out the bank accounts, whatever. It's just not worth dying over. So yeah. then I came home. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, um, what have you, I mean, I keep on thinking of your Twitter bio. I think it says that you tweet, uh, you tweet about your rape and yeah. stuff like that. So like, what has that journey been like for you? Um, the, you say it was three years ago. Sorry. Yeah, it was three years ago. Um, I think, you know, it's helped me, it's helped to connect me with a couple of people who have been through that, um, have been raped or assaulted or, you know, abused or any of that stuff. And I just try and keep in contact with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that if me going through this makes it easier for one person, then I can live with that. And being so vocal about it too. Right. That, I mean, that's really where I think the power lies is, is we need to stop being so silent about it. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's why I'm vocal. Um, yeah, so my Twitter bio has connected me with a couple people. I try and participate in chats if I see them. Um, I've gotten involved with Rain, and um, I don't know if you guys have seen the Rain Amin stuff that that I do. It was wonderful. I got connected with them on mm-hmm. Twitter a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's just a it's just a good way to to open conversations. Yeah. Aside from the people that have been affected or want to talk about being affected, um, my Facebook posts originally. Uh, I wrote a couple and they're still on there. They're notes or, you know, whatever that Uh weird thing is that Mm -hmm. no one uses. Um, So they're notes on there. And those were the ones that really helped um, a lot of people who have known me for a long time. Because those are the people from high school and from college. And you're you're you know them a lot, a lot more personally than Twitter. Uh Um, So those were the people who really reached out. And that's actually how I got connected with my friend who has been through an opposite yet equally, if not more so horrifying case than mine. And we were able to navigate this together, yeah. which makes eons of difference. I mean, doing this by yourself. is Yeah. And you're talking now about doing like either like a podcast or like you said um, earlier when we were talking, maybe like a video thing or something on YouTube. Yeah. And do you know what you would do? That's what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be as vocal and as open and as honest as possible. I also understand that being someone in social media, my accounts are under scrutiny and I don't ever want it to, it's that balance of how much do I want to be open and vocal Mm -hmm. and I want it to be done right. I want it to be open and vocal and amazing, not open and vocal and vulgar and annoying. You know what (laughs) I mean? It's very, it's a very hard line to walk, especially when you're dealing with things that involve the law Mm -hmm. and sex and Mm -hmm. learning to have sex again and Mm -hmm. You know, learning to walk down the street again. And there are all these very complex issues. Um, and then we, that's not even touching on women's rights. And, yeah. you know, a lot of these just things that we've talked about lately with Yes All Women and things like that. And we just, you know, there's just a depth of so much stuff that's this fine line. Mm-hmm. Do, do you feel like, um, I apologize, did I just interrupt you? No. <laughs> okay, all right. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> um, uh, do you feel like... Um, do you feel like there's some way that you could get in trouble? Like you said that you, you know, cause you work in social media and stuff. And so maybe people are looking at your accounts and stuff like that. Do you worry about sharing something that like an, a potential employer or somebody that you would like get in trouble for? Yeah. Um, and I think, I realized it when, um, so what, after I was raped, um, a pointer article was written about me, which is in journalism school down in Florida. That's totally, you know, they're wonderful. They're one of the best journalism schools in the country. And they wrote a whole article about, um, uh, rape victims and anonymity and where does that play in the press and all of the, the issues surrounding yeah. it. And then there was also a Fox news, um, video of me. Mm-hmm. And so I had put those links to those things on my resume. This is what I've been doing for three years. Mm-hmm. And every HR person I met with said, those need to go. And if anyone asks, it's a personal issue, which I struggled with so hard because to me, this is not a personal issue. Yeah, it's part of your story. Well, and it's something that someone else did to me. I had nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... And, and I, I understand the argument. You know, if your dad died and you had to take three years off from work to deal with everything, then you don't mention it in a job interview. Mm-hmm. But this is something that to me says, I, w- I want people to look at someone who has this case and say, I want to hire her because she has been through so much. And because I've got my 
my feet on the ground now. I know mm-hmm. I'm not a 27 year old kid without experience. Mm-hmm. It's just a very different kind of experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I wouldn't have ever thought that. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that that's something that you would have had to worry about. Right, right. Being out there. Um, so one question that I had for you, I guess, is obviously um, it's been in the media a lot lately and stuff. Just the whole people talk about kind of rape culture all the time and stuff like that. And um, one of the things that I've heard a lot of people talk about, Dan Savage talks about it a lot. He talks about like trigger warnings and obviously... Um, uh, trigger warning is something that a lot of the time uh, w- what is that like for you like in the media when there's discussions of rape or sexual assaults or things like that like what um, do you <laughs> what is that like for you does that cause problems for you um so in my I, I did PTSD um, recovery therapy at Harborview um, mm-hmm. and we went through a really intense program and you know all of that stuff is basically what they say is taking from being at what I would kind of say is an 11 to more of a two um, and so for me now it's less of a problem I don't think I watched the news for the first two years you just don't yeah it's just it you you know and for the first, I don't know, year, you kind of pick shows that are cartoons and things that aren't going to have those. Mm -hmm. Or there were a lot of times where I have to say, like, um, when my boyfriend and I would watch TV and he would just say, do we need to change this? Yes, we need to change this. Or some things that, you know, that were specific to my case. Any, anyone being choked bothers me. Anyone, um, and my assault the man who assaulted me was african-american um and so that created a lot of issues that i struggle with too because i don't see myself as someone who sees black or white or really cares Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but when it comes to that trigger that trigger is there and i need to and that's one of the things i think we need to talk about is that's okay because i it's a something that happened to me that it makes sense mentally why that would bother me and why that would be a struggle for me. And so being really conscious of that and going out of my way to put myself in situations so that I can get over that trigger yeah. slowly and consciously and, you know, methodically with an effort. Um, and, and everyone has those. Everyone I've talked with, you know, they have each guy has a mannerism or something he did or the way that he acted or the way that he looked and when you see that on the streets you think oh my god oh my god Mm -hmm. um especially for me the first month he wasn't caught Mm -hmm. so i was looking for him on the streets 24 7 yeah um and being afraid that i would just run into him so that i think ingrains um, more and more which is why it's really important that we catch them right away yeah um but trigger triggers are interesting um they're completely involuntary they happen right you know they happen at the blink of an eye and there's really nothing you can do about it except just power through it yeah. and be okay and that is why they need people who have been raped need time off yeah. we need to be able to barricade ourselves in our houses if we need to um and just take time to heal yeah do you do you appreciate um trigger warnings on like media and stuff like let's say you're listening to this podcast would you advise like would you advise that we put like a thing at the beginning that says, Hey, just so you guys know, we're going to talk about rape. And so it might be, you know, yeah. would you advise that we do um, that kind of stuff? And would you advise other, like other media outlets or, you know, newspapers or whatever to right. do, to do that kind of thing? Uh, as with everything, it's kind of a slippery slope. I mean, yeah. wh- how many trigger warnings are you going right. to throw on there? I <laughs> <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> I'm watching the news or I'm watching game of Thrones for, you know, mm-hmm. crap's sake. That is going to be a problem. Like right. I'm aware of the show. And that's why I don't know if trigger warnings are necessarily, they make sense because everyone's triggers are different. Yeah. And you might not even know all your triggers. Right. First. Yeah. You might not know all of them. Um, I mean, fast moving shows bothered me for a long time. Yeah. I couldn't watch Netflix shows with fast moving intros. That's crazy. <laughs> Do you know how many shows I had to cut out? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, um, do you know anyone who's gone through a similar um, situation in Washington? I'm just wondering if there's a difference between because everyone knows Florida is a shit show, like the whole state <laughs> right. is like run um, by a mess. The other case was not in Washington. One of my friends' case was not in Washington, but it was in uh, Oregon, so it was close. close. Um, 
And I don't know what our system looks like, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that should be something that's this straight across the board everywhere. Right. Um, but we're a long way from that. Mm-hmm. So I- if you were, um, if if you were king for a day, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what are some of the changes that you would make? Like, let's, I mean, whether it be politics or the legal system or the victims' rights or whatever. Like, b- with your experience in mind, um, what are some things that you would change about it if if you were if you were in charge? That is a really good question. I mean, there's so much that you want to change after going through this. Um, and I think my kind of main things are I want I want women to be able to take time off to recover from this. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. Um, I've seen so many people who come out the other side 15 years later and realize, holy shit, I went through this and I yeah. never dealt with it. Um, and that I mean, that takes so long to de-scrub from your brain. Um, but if we just gave them time um, and time, I mean, covering expenses. Um, I mean, obviously, this gets very expensive and right. I understand that. But I, I just want people to be able to go somewhere that's healthy, have them heal, give them the tools that they need to get better and give them that financial support to get back on their feet and become productive members of society again. I mean, none of none of the people I know who have taken time off, we don't want to take time off. Mm-hmm. We don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be productive members of society. And um, another one of my friends really wants um, to have a veteran status or something similar. I honestly don't think veteran status is the right word. If you've served, if your life has been in danger right. every day for four <laughs> years, that's a little bit different to yeah. me. Um, but I do think that we need to be survivor rape survivor status or right something. and the trouble with rape survivors and this is why this issue gets so complicated so quickly is you cannot segment them into people who have reported the crime and people who haven't people who have successfully persecuted their their person and not you know successfully figured their shit out it's just you can't do that so you'd have to take someone's word yeah which quickly unravels right. and and maybe it would increase reporting but I don't want to, I honestly don't want to give an incentive to women to report rape because you should want to report something horrible that has happened to you to prevent it from happening to other women, mm-hmm. not because you're going to get a break. Mm-hmm. And I, I very strongly feel, and this is again where my views differ a lot from other people. Yeah. I very strongly view that until women are reporting 100% of rapes, they're not going to get better. Mm-hmm. We need to take it. This is our job. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can blame men all we want, but if no one is reporting... I'm sorry, ladies, but that's on you. If you reported it, then the next person he planned on raping wouldn't have gotten raped. Mm -hmm. This is on you. And I also believe that the person who raped me has raped other women who never reported it. Is um, is uh, is that a a thing? Uh, Not reporting rapes is that a common? Oh yeah, yeah. So so um, I I just got the death clarification. (laughs) Both of the women in the room. I want to say, oh, I don't know the numbers. Um, rain has the numbers you can you what's can, rain uh rape and abuse incest national network okay. so rape abuse incest national Tori network. i'll put amos a link really i'll put another that. link to it i'll put right. a link to it in Tori the show amos notes. Used to oh, be like yeah probably the spokesperson for that so there's a very large number of rapes it's, it's that go unreported something stupid mm-hmm. something where you look at the number and think oh good 80 percent go on on it's yeah. something where you think holy crap yeah yeah why do you think that is? Um, well, military is a huge push. Um, mm-hmm. It's often the guy that you have to report the rape to is the one who raped you. So okay. what do you do? Yeah. Um, so that has been a huge push, especially for Rain as well. Um, they've been working on their encrypted special hotline just to get those numbers reported, which is awesome. Um, and I think it's encrypted. I should check that before you. <laughs> um, and... You're just sharing your story. You don't. Know, <laughs> you, like, it, you uh, don't need to. Uh, but but once you get uh, into this stuff, you kind of you're supposed to know these oh. numbers. Sixty percent um, of sexual assaults are not replayed, reported to police. Wow. Ninety-seven so percent of rapists half. never spend a day in jail. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. It. They're high numbers. Wow. Wow. Um. 
So let me ask you, um, like a while ago, I think I feel like I remember seeing a Facebook post of yours that was basically saying, um, I'm just asking people if you do one thing to uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. exactly. It no, was basically I, I like if there was if you hear somebody saying making a rape joke or like making light of this situation, say something about it, do something about it. Right. And that has come from a couple experiences. Uh, one happened in an office where I just all of a sudden felt so angry. Um, that's not an okay office joke. It should never be an okay office joke. Just a, ra- a rape joke. Yeah, it, people use that word so often mm-hmm. and they forget that it is. A, I mean, forget trigger warnings. Just don't use the word yeah. rape as something that's funny. Yeah, yeah it's um, not a punchline. It's not a punchline. And and Or as like a, a, a sports team getting beat really bad by another sports team. Right, and the league <laughs> is full of that shit. But, um, <laughs> but again, like similar to, okay, with shows like like the league and i'm do you guys watch mm-hmm. i i can see the humor in rape joke i i don't find them funny but mm-hmm. i understand why they're funny it's the same reason why all of other off-color jokes are funny mm-hmm. it's why comedians make a lot of money they're funny i get that i just it's also hard how do you draw the line if you say no rape jokes then there's no gay jokes then there's no this jokes then there's no that you know and you start to degrade a little bit of what comedy is and i love comedy but i'm just saying on a regular scale in an office setting or at a movie or wherever you are i mean i've heard rape jokes everywhere they're not funny you are not a comedian you're not (laughs) funny so (laughs) shut up um no but it's I, i i think that's really the basis of that um societal rape culture Mm -hmm. is the idea that we can make fun of it and that we can kind of put it in a light manner when really you know one of the women in your office if not and definitely more Mm -hmm. um, is it one in four is this i want to say it's one in four but i looked it up recently and it might be one one in six oh one in six but men i wanted to say i think men is one in six and women is one in four um have have been raped have been uh raped or assaulted um and they just changed the definition to include more men which um and so when we start to erode a little bit of that culture that is makes it okay Mm -hmm. then we're gonna start to make progress i think that some people go crazy they want everything fixed tomorrow Mm -hmm. that's not how it's gonna happen and if you push that agenda people are not gonna be on board Mm -hmm. so if you just ask for one thing and just slowly use stepping stones maybe in 30 40 years we'll be much better off Mm -hmm. but if we just keep pushing this crazy feminist out of control agenda that goes crazy we're not going to get anywhere yeah and have you confronted people about their language or their use of yes what do you say um it depends on the joke it depends on what they say um obviously i didn't in an office setting i was a contractor and i felt uncomfortable you know confronting someone who could have been a superior technically Mm -hmm. or um and and that's again why something needs to change i should be able to turn to them and say that's not funny yeah yeah well and it it should be said that it's not your responsibility to call them on it either like theoretically right (laughs) there should be an understanding that uh in especially in an office setting (laughs) that kind of humor or joking is inappropriate right (laughs) right um and Seattle office culture is very relaxed. Mm-hmm. Everyone swears. Everyone, you know, acts like a sailor or whatever. But uh, I think that's one most thing of the people in Seattle look like sailors oh, with that the is tattoos true. and their pirates smoking Jeez. pipes all the time. Wear jeans and t-shirts <laughs> in the office. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, what uh, if you had a closing words for for the people that listen to our show, Ooh. all six of them? <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, six people. First of all, you are all wonderful. I'm sure. <laughs> what uh, What would you say besides follow you on Twitter? Do you want to? Is there anywhere else they can find you? Um, you can Twitter probably find me everywhere. <laughs> sure. Um, and it's usually the same username. Yeah. So we'll put the links in the show. So find her on Twitter and follow her at Hip Hippy, and then um, you can figure out where else to follow her from there. But like if you, I don't know, tell us like what's a, uh, what's, what's your, what do you feel like your message is? Like if you could boil it down to like a paragraph or a, a thing, like if you had Andrea's YouTube channel, like a job interview or sorry, something. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> what would your, what, what, what your would your, uh, what would your bio be on for your YouTube channel? I think my final kind of send off would be more about, um, 
just keeping people in mind who you've known either went through this or there are a lot of people out there who people just aren't aware. I am unusually vocal about it. I will tell the person at the grocery store what I went through. I don't care because the more that I talk about it, the more that it becomes an issue. And that is what I really want to pass on to people is don't worry about anything but just using your voice. If we talk about this more and if more of us are upfront and open about what we went through and not hiding or mm-hmm. not um, pretending as though it didn't happen or, you know, in that office there was, there must have been someone else yeah. who felt that way but never said anything. Yeah. So that's two of us who are, are muting our voices. And if we all talk about it, and I'm not talking about going on YouTube or doing a podcast or whatever, use your voice in your own forum. So sure. with your friends, with your family, with your kids, I mean, just be open about what is going on with rape and if you've been through it what your story is because that mm-hmm. persona- personifies it for everyone um but also just educating people around you about the issue yeah yeah be vocal don't be, be afraid vocal. to share overshare <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for coming in thanks for having me it was fun nerd out loud studios <laughs> i love nerd out loud we studios nerd out loud studios east yeah Makes it sound a lot fancier than it actually is. And you're more than welcome to come on the show anytime you want. I'm sure that you've listened to most of the shows that we've put out already. Yes, of course. You listen to all of them. Anyway, open invitation to come back or whatever. Call and yell Well, when I have a YouTube channel, I'll make you come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have a Facebook. No, I was going to uh, say, we, girl, didn't start, we didn't start podcasting because we're attractive. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, thank you for coming in. Andrea, 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 Andrea. Follow her on Twitter. Yes, follow her on Twitter. Hip hippie. Again. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey guys, we're back. Thank you for listening to that exciting interview. That sounds really disingenuous. I don't mean that to come off to be as disingenuous as it sounds. I honestly think that that was a pretty interesting interview. It was really good. Um, I uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. I mean, with all the stuff that's gone on in the media about feminism and all that kind of stuff, it's really interesting, I guess, to hear from. I mean, as a man, there's only so much that I can say about the issue, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really interesting to hear. I've not, I don't I can't think of a time that I've ever had talked to somebody that's been raped. Uh, let alone that much about their story, except for every day with me. You've been raped? You didn't know that story? I don't think you so. Never, did, you were the producer on my other podcast where we talked about it explicitly. Okay. Well, I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> what? Well, do, do you want to talk about it right now? Well, that what she when she said the thing about um, people have to report it or whatever, because mm-hmm. um, that will make people stop, that, that point makes me feel really really guilty trigger warning for you yeah (laughs) no well it just makes me feel really bad because i didn't report it oh why didn't you report it wow now i feel like an even bigger asshole for being like people don't report rape (laughs) well that just i couldn't believe that you actually didn't know that that's like one of those i think that i kind of maybe i did know i don't know i i knew but i didn't i don't Mm. know i just i mean that's why if I would have thought about it, that's something that I probably would have understood, but it's not something that I've maybe heard discussed a lot or something. I don't know. There's there's all these stats, you know, like one one in four people you know will probably be raped in women. Um, if you go to a university that has a um, Greek system, those numbers actually jump higher, maybe one in three. Um, so that's why I chose the college that I went to. Because I didn't want to have that situation. Uh-huh. Um, the reason I didn't report it is because it wasn't like her. It wasn't a stranger. It was someone I knew. Um, and at the time, there wasn't a word for that. There's not a word for rape? Date rape. Oh. It was just, oh, you. this is your boyfriend. Uh-huh. And he, you just had sex with him. Like, that's what the, like, that's what it was. You had sex with him, and y- but you didn't want to have sex. Right. So wouldn't that just be called a rape? Yeah, but I didn't report it. I didn't oh. report it, and then I hid it, and really? it just became part of the story. And 
um, yeah. Ha- has there ever been any closure, or did you ever have any conversation with him about it? No. How much longer did you stay with him after that happened? Um, it was a very uh, tumultuous. How do you say that word? Term, ter- tumultuous, <laughs> tumultuous relationship, and uh-huh. it was off and on, and really like really really we bad didn't re- necessarily get off on the best foot i suppose no and that was <laughs> was that towards the beginning of your relationship middle wow that was that's how i lost my virginity oh jesus and then um, uh. <laughs> and this is when the guilt sets in is that probably three years ago um I just randomly decided to Google him uh-huh. and a um, a police report of him um, drugging and raping someone with a deadly weapon was there. And I wow. felt extreme guilt because if I would have yeah. turned him in, that probably never would have happened. And wow. now he keeps trying to friend me on Facebook, no. which is super weird. No. Yeah. And you shut it down. Oh, yeah. And then he sends like multiple times mm-hmm. this has happened. Mm hmm. Oh my god! Just the other day, that's when you need to block. You need to block this person. Yeah, you Um, should send them a message and say, "You're disgusting. Don't ever talk to me again." Also, why don't you do this? Why don't you accept his friend's request and then put something on his wall? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, remember that time that you raped me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've. Actually, so the first time that he requested me. It's really weird that I'm making light of it. I'm sorry. No. Um, the first time Jesus. that I. The first What's time that I looked. Um, he he requested me, so I looked it up. And uh, Jen, I think, was friends with him at the time. And I just sent her. Friend of the show. Uh, I sent her a Jen, message Jen like, Barry. this guy is not good. Uh-huh. This, is, this is not good. She's not and friends anymore, I'm no, assuming. I don't know if she is. And get on it, Jen. Recently, when he sent me another one, and what's really weird and gross is that he sent me a friend request. I deleted so I didn't have to see it or blocked it or said no, whatever, however Facebook worked at the time. And then he sent me a message, which is really off putting that you can send a message to a direct message. How long ago is this? Because pretty, I feel like now if you try and send a message to somebody you don't follow. It more often than not, it gets dumped into their like spam box, and then yeah, because I there was one time where I was trying to maybe it's just with celebrity or or something. I feel like I was trying to contact somebody that I wasn't friends with, and I was I sent them I tried to send them a private message, and a thing came up that was trying to make me. It said if you want this to go to their inbox, then you have to pay a dollar. Like I had so to it must pay. be a celebrity, or maybe that guy paid a dollar for it to go to your inbox. Oh, I don't know. So then, the, <laughs> the most recent time that he did that, he sent me a message that just had like song lyrics to what he called our song. No. Yeah, and um, I looked. Then I just you know did the so it's obligatory stalking, uh-huh. and he has a kid. So it's very clear he probably doesn't. If you were to ask him to talk about your relationship, he's he probably has convinced himself that he that that rape is not something that occurred in that relationship right. to him. You guys just were a thing and whatever. He up until, I mean, probably way too long for ten years. He was still calling my parents' house at all hours of the night asking for me. I mean, to the point where I was married and my dad was just like, hey, uh, she's married. She doesn't live here anymore. And yeah. you're like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, wow. he had he had pretty bad um, drinking problem. And uh, eventually, I don't think he did in high school at the time. But yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus. That's insane. So we have a very different experience. And yeah, I wish S- I had taken the. Is there anything that you would ever consider doing now? No. I mean, I think the statute of limitations is way gone. I don't think. Is there a statute of limitations on rape? Yeah, you have to have proof. Oh. Ugh, that's gross. I'm sorry that that happened. I don't know. I never know what to say about that. I had this really weird, not weird, but I had this interesting interaction with 
actually with our guest um, on Twitter, she, she was talking with somebody about how um, there was a CSI marathon. She's like, oh, there's like a CSI marathon. SUV. SUV. CSI. Yeah, there's a uh, SUV, Special Victims, SVU, <laughs> Special Victims Unit, right? Not mm-hmm. SUV. Um, anyway, whatever. There's a SVU uh, marathon. Not going to watch that, right? And then like tag somebody else. And then I said, I wrote to them and was just like, I'm not, this is a new concept to me. Why is this something mm-hmm. that you wouldn't want to? you know, I guess beyond the obvious of just not wanting to watch a show that whatever, uh, you know, that deals with the issues of sexual assault or violence when that's something that's happened to you. What is it that would, you would want to, what is it that you would want to, um, uh, why wouldn't you want to watch the show? And, uh, they started going back and forth about how, uh, it's just a not, it's not an accurate portrayal of the process from beginning to end. And, you know, for the, beyond just the obvious reasons of it being maybe triggering or, um, there being things in there that remind them of their personal stories. And then they started going back and forth about, oh yeah, in my situation, the person held me down to the ground and did this and this and this, and was just like very openly talking about these things that were making me as I was reading, like I was tagged in them as they were going mm-hmm. back and forth, like the guy that broke into my house like pinned me down to the ground and then tied me up and Mm -hmm. did this and this and this and like very detailed stuff that was making me uncomfortable like just seeing this what seemed like a very flippant back and forth but Mm -hmm. i mean it's obvious after talking to andrea that that's kind of i think that that's been a little therapeutic for her to um talk about it so openly like that but I never know how to respond to it. And so like, but I didn't want to just ignore it because mm-hmm. I was in on this conversation all of a sudden. So I was like, I didn't want to just be like, just not say anything because I appreciated their input and I appreciated hearing about it. But then I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I was just like, would it be flippant or weird for me to say like, please no, I mean this in the most genuine way possible that I'm really sorry that that happened. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean, I don't mean that in a, I don't mean to sound belittling or weird. I just don't know what else to say. And what the woman said, you know, that is, I I would expect somebody to say something like that, basically. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just basically said that's kind of the decent thing to do is to acknowledge that it was wrong in some way. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I didn't even realize how uncomfortable talking about it would make me feel, you know, and obviously it's not about me and I'm not trying to make it about me, I guess, but even just talking about it with Andrea here, I there was times when I just felt, I don't know, I just felt uncomfortable. Like I didn't, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to respond. Is it weird that I'm interested in this and that I want to hear more about her story? Like, you know, I, I feel like that with a lot of the guests that we've had on. I don't want necessarily them to feel like I'm trying to parade them out in front of people to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to try and get listeners or to gain people's interests or whatever. But at the same time, I mean, everybody that we've had on is not like I'm begging people, you know, there are people that want to share their story in one way or another. So, yeah, I, mean I don't know. She, it was therapeutic for her to talk about it and tweet about it and yeah, um, had a support group. I didn't have that. And that was obviously my choice. Yeah. In it. Yeah. And you don't think that you would have. I mean, you're kind of a private person anyway. You don't even like. And I was 16 and it was almost shameful that I had had sex. Yeah. Um, but so much, so much like wound up in it. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Kristen? No. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. it just. Um, yeah. What? I don't know. No, say it. Share. Just speak your truth. I <laughs> guess that the lately the theme for everything that we've done is just don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Like, don't make jokes mm-hmm. um, that are offensive to people, mm-hmm. especially at an office mm-hmm. situation. Or don't rape people. Just don't be, be judgy. Aware. I think that if. I was to come to you or whatever and say, this is this horribly traumatic, traumatic experience that I've been through. So just please be aware of that. Like if I made that known to you, it would affect how you speak (laughs) and affect Mm -hmm. how you uh, around me. So then take that and realize that, I mean, what did we say? One in four women and one in six men has Mm -hmm. been assaulted 
has had like unwanted sexual advances, you know, or been been raped or assaulted in some way. So be aware of that. Like when they're when you're in a when when you're around people and just let that let that cross your mind before you before you speak, <laughs> before you share what you're thinking of. You know, just think about how it could affect other people. So I did have one funny thing. I think it was on the last episode that I was taught when we were talking about don't be a dick. I said, I just want to know how somebody could be so checked out that they actually how somebody could be so checked out and self-centered that they don't think through how their actions affect other people or something like Mm -hmm. that. And I just thought it was funny that like, I mean, the, the context of that was that I was doing it on a podcast, which is it in and of itself is a little bit bizarre. Like, I'm so narcissistic that I actually think that people care what I have to say mm-hmm. <laughs> on the podcast. Follow us on our show account at Nerd Out Loud Pod, or you can go to our website, nerdoutloudpod.com, facebook.com slash nerdoutloudpod, or at nerdoutloudpod on Twitter. We love to hear from you guys, get feedback, whatever. You can contact us through our website, ask us anonymous questions, or call us on our voicemail. And all of that contact information is on our website. So, give the phone number though. Oh, okay. people don't want to come to the, the phone website. number. Get your pen. It's 206 588 5463. Again, that's 206 588 5463. You can call and leave us a voicemail under three minutes. All right, guys, thank you for listening. We will be back in just a few short days. And with that, Let your nerd flag fly.